Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Today, I want to talk to you about infidelity, but in this particular way. Um, how do you get beyond the turmoil? How do you embrace emotional healing? How do you rediscover joy after infidelity? Now, I'm going to talk about it as if the couple is going to stay together. Uh, and maybe for another time, I'll talk about how to rediscover joy after you split. But for this one, so that I don't go too long, I want to talk specifically about couples that decide to stay together. And I do a lot of work with couples who decide to stay together and help them try to heal from this very difficult betrayal. Feel, betrayal is so painful. Uh, it is definitely uh, the person who betrayed has stolen from the person who betrayed the opportunity to know the truth so they can make decisions based on the truth. I call it an interpersonal crime. You may have heard me say that if you've listened to me before. So I don't take it lightly. However, there's reasons why people do everything we do. People do things for a reason. It's not an excuse, but it is a reason. And we need to understand deeply what's really going on so that we can correct it and so that we can build trust again. So... For the betrayed person, the journey involves uh, getting through the shock, uh, feeling their intense feelings, having someone or maybe hopefully more people uh, attuned to them and validate them. Could be someone like myself, a therapist, but hopefully friends, family. It's helpful. I know sometimes people that have been betrayed it's hard to share it because if they want to make the relationship work, they don't want to, they're embarrassed themselves. They don't want to make their parents hate their partner. Or, there's a lot of reasons why people end up being alone. But I, I do try my best to help people find some support um, in addition to a professional person such as myself so that they could uh, help, uh, they, they could get through some of this. So again, after the shock, there's the feeling hopefully that, they get some validation. Now, they also need validation from their partner who did the betrayal too. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, and so um, ultimately, in the long term, the person who's betrayed has to uh, remember that they are not to blame, that they are uh, they are enough, and that even though we all could learn and we all could grow and we all have flaws and we all could improve, that no one deserves to be betrayed, and they need to get really clear the betrayed person uh, that they're enough and that they're okay. Um, it's actually a very important part of what I do uh, for the betrayed person and help them look at some of the cognitive distortions they now have, where they may have personalized what's happened. And look, I know that sometimes there are things that a betrayed person has not done or done that may have in some ways 
contributed to the person acting out, but it's all kind of BS in a way at the same time. I've been married for 39 years, almost, and I could tell you that um, I've been disappointed. My wife's been disappointed by me. We've been frustrated. We've gone through pain. And so there's no excuse for that. I'm being real clear. But that doesn't mean that the betrayed person shouldn't look at themselves and grow for growth's sake and for the sake of their relationship or their next one if they break up with the person they're in. But again, like I said, today I'm talking about a couple that stays together. So part of that emotional healing is taking accountability for what you need to work on, but to not confuse that with blaming yourself in any way for the partner's choice to have this secret or multiple secrets. The emotional healing journey for the betrayed person, I mean, for the person who betrayed is, you know, involves uh, being really interested in the parts of him or her that led to this behavior. Most of the people I see, there's a big part of them that says, I'm so sorry, I can't believe I did this. And that part of them really does want the relationship to work. And there's that part of them that really would never do uh, what the other parts made him do. And I'm not saying that there's no choice in that. I'm just saying that on some level, it's helpful to look at us in terms of the different parts. For example, just met with a man today who's done a lot of cheating in his life. And we look at that there's some younger parts that didn't get attention and became hungry for attention. And so no one person can give you constant attention. So it's an addiction-like behavior because of what was missing as a child. So this, he's very remorseful for what he did, but this younger, wounded, childlike part of him was just trying to get attention. And I've seen this happen over and over again with people that cheat. And in this infidelity program I'm creating called Healing from the Inside Out, in Healing Infidelity from the Inside Out, uh, I'm in the process of creating it. it, it centers around these themes of parts and what um, these younger parts, more wounded parts end up doing, which includes hurting their partner severely by betraying them. That could be something they do. So the journey of emotional healing for the person who betrayed has to involve paying attention and recognizing these younger parts, these parts that sabotage the relationship, which in most of the cases I see, people really are very remorseful and very sorry. These are not narcissistic sociopaths. I get those too, but very much the minority. So part of their healing for the betrayed person is to learn about these different parts of themselves and to help them heal and even love those parts and resolve them. I, I do EMDR, I movement desensitization and reprocessing a lot for that person, as well as for the betrayed person sometimes to help them heal from their very painful discoveries. Um, but anyway, back to the person who betrayed, yeah, they need to learn to, to heal so that they now have their healthy adult self integrated without these behind the scenes other parts running the show.
So I hope this makes sense the way I'm speaking about it. Uh, but it, it's, it's a way to embrace the pain of these other parts. Meanwhile, the betrayed person may have also had other parts that got triggered, younger parts too, that got triggered because of the betrayal. So it's not just me, the partner, the spouse, the adult spouse that got hurt, but also triggered me from earlier times when people let me down, disappointed me, just made me feel like I wasn't enough and all that stuff. So uh, the, the, the journey involves this healing, this realigning with the truth. And the truth is, if you go deep enough, we're all enough. We're all worthy of love. We just need to be able to heal the wounded parts that oftentimes act very independently. So some of the things I do to help gradually rebuild this emotional trust and stability is as, as couples begin to heal themselves, as, as a couple, they're also learning to communicate in ways that are more mature. And we help the couples truly let go of their defensiveness and, and tune in to the, their partner, especially the person who's betrayed. I, I start with that, that the person who did the betrayal needs to attune and tune in to the, the betrayed person and understand their loss, their pain on multiple levels. Not try to defend themselves, not, and also uh, not beat themselves up. It doesn't really hurt the person who's betrayed. And the person who's betrayed saying, I'm so angry at you, I'm so hurt. And the person who betrayed starts to go, I know I'm such a crappy person. That's not what a betrayed person needs. It's a time to tune in and be with the other person. So uh, the strategies, strategies include communicating in mature ways. Um, I teach a, a structure called play and catch, but what, what it basically means, without explaining the whole thing right now, is people learn how to take turns communicating, communicating in ways where we, we communicate in ways that you can listen, and I listen in ways that make it rewarding for you to communicate. I call it playing catch because the other side of it is what people lots of times do is they, I'll take my crate of tennis balls, you take your crate of tennis balls, we throw a lot of tennis balls at each other, but nobody's catching anything. And that's how a lot of conversations go. They're just, they're protective parts, just running at each other, running at each other, proving they're right or they're not so bad. And yet nobody's feeling heard. So the biggest part of rebuilding emotional trust and stability, well, two things. One is that the betrayed person commits to not, I'm sorry, the person who betrayed commits to not doing those things. It's committed to transparency. And number two, that they start to communicate in ways where you know, ultimately both people feel like you're getting me, you're understanding me at a deeper and deeper level. That, that to me is some of the most important strategies, strategies for rebuilding emotional trust and stability. But along with that is healing, uh, healing our wounds from our past. It's very important, I find, for couples also to celebrate moments of emotional breakthrough and self-discovery. It's hard, especially for the betrayed person when they're so hurt and they're, try they're on guard to be able to acknowledge, wow, that is a growth step for my partner. Or, hey, I'm starting to feel okay about me despite you know, my discovery of you. 
So it is important to to recognize it's not a black and white issue, the whole thing of building trust again, but to be brave enough to celebrate. And as these things start to happen with a lot of my couples, when they start to heal, both people, the betray the person who betrayed is starting to show quite a few signs of being more trustworthy, not just remorseful, but committed to the growth process, uh, committed to communicating and listening well, you know, changing the way they've done things before, which maybe was some of the um, scenery of the infidelity. They change things around. They, um, they make sure that they are not ever in a, a slippery slope, vulnerable situation, all these things. You start to celebrate these breakthroughs, these commitments, these new choices. It's okay to do that. You don't have to drop your wall all at once, I say to the betrayed person, but begin to celebrate those moments. Because you deserve joy too. And I always say this, if you need to protect yourself, well then protect yourself. But what I don't want at the same time is if things have changed, if the couple is maturing, if the person who betrayed is really starting to show signs, I get it. Then you're, you're, now you're starting to say, maybe my protection is holding me back from truly being open to receiving. You know? And of course, that's done with sensitivity. It's not so easy to do after you've been hurt so badly. Um, but it is sort of a reward for yourself as the betrayed person to begin opening up some more. And even though I never say infidelity is a good thing, it's a terrible thing. It's that act of interpersonal crime I talked about in the beginning. But it is to cultivate a sense of gratitude for the growth. Sometimes through crises, we do have growth. And to be, to celebrate your courage in being vulnerable, both people in being vulnerable and in maturing. And part of maturing is being vulnerable, being open, is being opening your heart to receive love. It's giving attention and love to the other person, even though either person and probably both have been hurt. I mean, we all, we've been in a relationship long enough, we feel hurt. Of course, part of the human condition, part of what committed relationships are about, but that we stay connected. We stay connected through our pain. And then we start to celebrate our lighter moments. So I'm just kind of giving you a little bit of rundown what I do with my couples that uh, they end up developing a relationship that might have even been better than before. Not saying it's a good thing, but because of all their work on themselves and work as a couple that it can become a more enhanced relationship. And, uh, you know, that's to be celebrated, embraced, and enjoyed. So that's all I want to say about that. I think that's enough for now. Uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. And this is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.